<coughs> I wonder if that's what Charlotte Church had to do, clear her throat. <coughs> yeah, she probably would have done it slightly better than I. Yeah, how do you think she would have done it? <coughs> no, that's weak. Charlotte Church, I've seen her, she's not weak. She's nice, though. <coughs> she's, she's nice, though. <laughs> she is nice, actually. Charlotte Church was one of the nice girls, wasn't she? It's a, it's a shame what happened to her. What, like, what do you mean? Well, she got in the wrong crowd, I think. Did she? Started singing pop songs instead of uh, yeah. the voice of an angel stuff. Yeah, and uh, she going out with the room player, Gav. He, yes. We like Gav. Not his, but she's not with him anymore. No, no. They've no, got kids as well. We, we like Gav. We, me and Elle attempt to do uh, a Rugby. Welsh accent uh, about... Go on, uh, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm Gav, I am. I'm very pretty. <laughs> Too pretty for the rugby, I like to stop. He is pretty though, isn't he? Yeah. That, that, that's what always annoyed me about him. I want my rugby players to be like brutally ugly. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of them are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Not so much now, actually. You no. Notice they, it, because they're university uh, people now, aren't they? As opposed to damp pit. Well, you see, it depends where you, what, oh, what your code is, you see. League and uh, Union and were union. always university yeah. people. What I'm thinking is, is more that uh, people who get bashed around and stay bashed up, but now they get bashed around, but then have a shower afterwards and they're all right, aren't they? <laughs> it, not like football players, is it? Where they're thinking for 90 minutes, which waitress am I going to rape this weekend? Right, um, welcome to the uh, <laughs> Tales of Unexpected podcast. We've um, we just watched an episode of something. The last bottle of in the world. That's right. It was an episode uh, which... Uh, I remembered about halfway through that I'd seen. I know what happens. Right. Well, when, when have you last seen that then? Oh, uh, 10, 10, 15 years ago or something like that. Maybe more recent, I can't remember. But I'd forgotten all of the build up. Yeah. It was the scene, the big scene, right. you know, the crescendo yeah, yeah. that I gone, oh, yeah. And when we got to that, the guy's house, I was like, yeah, I do remember what happens in this. But I'd forgotten everything before that. To, to why things, certain things happened and that. All right. Well, I've, so, I've watched it more recently. Cause yeah. When we got the, when we got them all, uh, you blasted it, didn't you? Yeah, we watched uh, a lot of it. So, uh, well, shall we? What should we? Shall we start talking about it? Yeah, I mean, we just go straight in. Well, we, we, I guess we'll do the music. Yeah. Is there anything else on your mind before we do the music? No, I'm cool for the music. Right. Okay. Wait your turn then, and then we'll do the music. Right. Music. <laughs> I think the first thing I'd say about it is that uh, we were both a little bit fooled by the opening of this. Yeah. First scene of this, the title's music's finished, and the first scene is a man sitting in a chair in the same angle that Robald Dahl would have been Absolutely. And, and it was a sort of cause for a little bit of a double take. Yeah, I got, I got a minute. Well, it's not Roald. It's not. It's Nigel Hawthorne. Who is starring in, I think we've named the episode already, The Last Bottle in the World. It's written by James Ellen. You know Stanley. when we... James. Oh, yeah, Stanley Ellen. Yeah. We, you know what? He has done quite a few. Yeah, well, I remember you saying. Yeah, and also, not only has he done a few, because he's, he's a, like, a, I guess, a, instead of it being Roald Dahl's Tales of Unexpected, at some point it might be somebody else's. Yeah. They just thought, no, we're going to use a different... But he, he writes this sort of twisty, sort of turny right. thing. But also... The uh, Dennis Cannon and Robin Chapman, yeah. they are dramaticists for The Tales Unexpected. Right. So we're getting a similar treatment to all the old Dali stuff from yeah. old. Yeah. But it's almost like it's that sort of thing has always been there. The old Dahl thing has definitely stopped. Yeah. But this is back to how it used to be, isn't it? It really is. And we were saying this just in the... As we were, we'd finished watching this... Our disappointment was the, the American thing. It's not that not that it was a bad episode, but that it didn't feel like it was a Toto episode. No, because and we we were saying 
your your sort of uh, essential toto. It could well be a play. It's sort of it's it's on sets. It's only maybe three or four sets or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's three acts. It's the start, middle, and end. You could easily yeah. imagine it taking place in the theatre. Yeah, that's right. Whereas when you know that that's one we saw last week. It was like an episode of Columbo, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, and it just doesn't feel right, does no. it? That's not you, be, what Toto... You're betwixt and between places all the time, and you go, slow down, man! I came in here for a twisty turn. And, and even what it's filmed on, it's it's filmed on film or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't cinema know. film. I don't, know what the, the, well, it, I don't know what the British film is that makes it look like it's in a studio. <laughs> but that's what I like. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes it work. Yeah. Um, I hope that's what everybody else shares about this because it's it we we went as far to say is that is part of the formula the yeah. the look of Toto is part of its formula definitely um, we're we're back at it now. yeah so there's there was one episode a while ago that didn't quite match and it was the one where the man had gone and got himself a young maid lover. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know what you mean. And uh, the wife was uh, ill, a bitch. Or, uh, in bed, or yeah, something like a bitch that. In bed. She was ringing a bell for it. That's him. it. Yeah. Whatever that was, uh, that was an American one, and that didn't. Even though it, it was definitely a nice twisty turny. Yeah. In fact, it weren't that twisty turny, was it? But it was definitely a. You know, it didn't. Uh, it didn't feel out of place. Yeah. But there was something wrong about it. That would be a woman's the, help. A woman's help, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there we go then. Anyway, so right, let's uh, let's get underway then. Well, we have we are start yeah as we say Nigel well, Nigel Hawthorne's in his chair. Fowrald, Fowrald, and he's clearly in some sort of hotel lobby. Yeah, yeah. I thought at first it might be some sort of gentleman's club or something like that. Yeah, no, but I, I it's was obviously not. Yeah, and I was going with hotel lobby, but then I'm thinking, which hotel lobbies are as busy as this, with people just sat round reading books? Yeah, I mean, we know which is the, uh, in our opinion, the best hotel in the world. It is the where Savoy wasn't Savoy it? Hotel, where in... we we did one of our podcasts. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they'll be sponsoring us. Yeah, or letting us stay or something. Le- at least letting us stay. Yeah. I mean, imagine having the two celebrities behind Toto Podcast come to stay. It'd be great for them, yeah. wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah. it be great for us? I mean them. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so uh, anyway, oh, Nigel Hawthorne, who is from Yes Prime Minister, yeah, from other things as well, yeah, and he's playing Charles Drummond in this, which uh, obviously it sounds like a bit of an adventurous name, Bulldog Drummond, it? you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. similar to Bulldog yeah. Drummond, yeah. isn't it? Because his, his, the surname is exactly the it's same, exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, and a woman spots him. Yeah. She double takes. Hang on a minute. She goes and sits down, and then she addresses him as Uncle Chris, Uncle Charles. Uncle Charles, I couldn't read my own writing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've just explained he's called Charles yeah. Drummond. It'd be very odd if she called him. He'd say, no, sorry, Joe, oh, sorry. But uh, mistaken identity. That would have been the end, that, of the, show, end of the show. I am recently a new Uncle Chris. Because oh. my, sis- my sister's had a baby. Right. So that means I am an Uncle Chris. Right, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I also have recently had puppies. Well, well not, not me. Not personally, no. But I've been the possessor of puppies. Weren't weren't you though somehow involved in the conception? No. I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, what one of those two, yeah. <laughs> I held that? I held our dog. Whilst it was whilst the other dog yeah. buggered it. Yeah. yeah. Well probably not buggered it. No, no it would no. have been it were close. Yeah, it would be very yeah, close. It was I had to stand on a scale X box because it were that Sure, and I just, I, the first thing that I got to hand, scale extric box, right, stick it under, uh, the, the dog, it was a chihuahua, gets on top, still struggled to get on top, yeah. on, on do the thing, it did it, but Mabel looked me in the eye, and she, and it wasn't pretty. Really? It's like, we're not going to do this again, girl, don't you worry. Oh, yeah, and I had to God. sit there for 20 minutes with my leg in a particular... I got pins and needles. I bet you would. Yeah. Were, were any other humans involved in the conception? Yeah, the, woman's, the woman who had the dog. What was, what was she doing? She was... Uh, but girls, are, I think, are a bit more flexible, so I don't think she felt the strain as much as I. Yeah, she, well, she, she'd got hold of a dog as well, didn't she? She got hold of her dog. Right. I was holding the bitch, technically, if we're going to talk in, in technical language. And she was holding the dog. I've got, I've got the mental image now, and... Uh, it's something I probably wish I had. Now, the next time you round me out, I'll show you how I sat. Right, next. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I am now Uncle Chris. And you know I do my volunteer work on Sundays. 
at the, at the school, the yeah. stage school, yeah. right? So I'm saying to so I'm saying to kids, and bearing in mind I'm now Uncle Chris, yeah. and I'm saying to kids, do you want to see some puppies? Not even, <laughs> not even thinking maybe I shouldn't be saying because because if you let me tell, explain this to listeners, if you've got dogs, if you have got dogs or puppies, yeah, and if you say, do you want to see my puppies? Hmm. It's, you mean it. You yes, don't. You don't yeah. mean anything else by I'm it. Sure, I'm sure. You yeah. don't know. Okay. So she comes over. She says, "Uncle Giles," and then the he looks a bit awkward with her. He does. She, she says, "Oh, it must be a year." And then and he says, "I'd rather not talk about." Yeah, that. again, all sheepish about something. She says, "Have you been avoiding me? You don't. You don't even want to look at me." And again, he's acting all weird. And I, I said, something happens with the magazine. He throws the magazine down on the table. Right. What was that magazine reference to? I don't know, but I'll tell you what it reminded me of. You know in Gavin and Stacey? Yeah. There's been some uh, sort with, of with Bryn. between Bryn and his nephew. Yeah. That I, it almost comes out. Yeah, you get yeah. dribs and drabs yeah. a bit, don't you? You find out that there's soup involved in it. And a boat. And, yeah. <laughs> And that what they did is not illegal. Yeah, that's not right. in this country. Yeah. And it was because it was cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like that. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's annoying that James Corden wrote that, isn't it? Yeah, well, in my mind, he didn't. He can't have done. He would have been there just for a, like he was like pissing around in the office while Ruth yeah, Jones wrote. Absolutely. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Uh, so. You've got to re- eliminate him from all forms of James Corden. Haven't you? If ever he's involved in something, you just got to get rid of him involved in it. Well, I saw a headline the other day, and it was uh, when you I read Google News a lot, and uh, you get the the main bit, and then down one side there's just little little headlines. Kind of related news or something like that. It's well, it's or just whistle stop news. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it said uh, James Corden punched in the face, and I thought, oh great! <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was then, for his act or something. Yeah, it said you know in yeah, a in a carpool it, thing yeah, with Stig and somebody else. And I thought, yeah, oh. <laughs> I can't stand the Burke. Okay, right. So, so he throws this magazine down, but that's that triggers her to say something, and that's why I said this in the magazine, and it. it I don't know what it was about this magazine. I don't know what was on the front of the magazine, or if if maybe the magazine was the journal that the, the, oh. the our yeah. one of the players is working for. Anyway, what happens next is they flash back to one year previous. Yeah, and uh, you know it, you almost expect the harp music. Don't Dylan, you? Dylan, Dylan. Yeah, I I saw an episode of Frasier the the other week, mm. and uh, he'd got. Uh, it was Daphne's wedding. She was going to marry Donny, the lawyer, and uh, Frazier was trying out uh, a, a harpist for. for Do you mean the harpist in? Yeah. Oh, dun, dun, dun. which one are you thinking? Are you thinking of the long drawn out? Yeah. Or brum, brum, brum. that? It's, it's sort of it's flashback. One of them. Noise. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Both work, I think. And uh, they were talking about talking about. This is probably going to fall. This is definitely going to fall flat because I've just played it forward in my head. But they were they were talking and about something that had happened in the past, and then the the harp, harp music, music went like that, and you expected the flashback. <laughs> it was, just, was that just, just, the, just the woman in the corner of the room <laughs> playing the harp. It didn't fall flat. Yeah. I was really no, no, I like that. I, no, I really like that because I wasn't expecting it. You see, yeah. that's good. Um, that's quite yes. Monty Python, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's really something simple, right? So um, yeah, they go back a year, and a man is walking uh, into an office or a, a country house of some sort. Yeah, introduced to this Uncle Charles guy, uh, he's known as Max, and he it looks to be a writer for a magazine or the owner of a magazine who wants to speak to wine connoisseurs. Yeah, I mean. I didn't know his name at the at the time. Uh, he, he's actually Max de Marechal, but uh, I just and throughout my notes have just called him eighties because uh, he does look a bit eighties. Yeah, he? he's got yeah. he's got big hair, and uh, he's a little bit over flash, and he's sort of everything bad about the eighties. Really, have you seen? You know Patrick Hernandez. Born to be alive. Yes, yes. Have you seen when he... <laughs> this, uh, this is worth interrupting Miss for. <laughs> because he does this... Um... I'll go to YouTube for this. 
he, he did a song in the 80s called Patrick and Andy's Born to Be Alive. Is Right, okay, so Patrick. Born. Born. Born to be alive. Born to be Yeah, okay. I see the Duke there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Duke in Max as well, actually. So here it is. Here's the original clip. Right, okay, so that was them. <laughs> then, you know, there's bit, like a bit of a, a revival of um, old songs. Yeah. This was fairly recent. But his voice, back in singers and singing, he is. Which one is he? That one? Who's the other one? Just a backing singer. He used to do his own bone to be alive. <laughs> right, you're not telling me that that's him singing recently and then re-recording it for... That is just the same record from the 80s and he's just miming along. Do you reckon? And people in the backing group are also miming. <laughs> they, yeah. they weren't doing his voice. But to be alive. No, you're right. It was all his voice. <laughs> anyway. That, what was that shit on then? No, oh, I got fucking clear. It looked like Pebble Mill at once. It did, so. didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> With Bruno Langley or somebody. Yeah. Um, the Scottish guy. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, there we go. So, yeah, he's a bit 80s, isn't he? He's got yeah. that kind of uh, more hair than necessary look. Absolutely. That Ed, yeah. Noel Edmonds would have had. Yeah. DLT would have had. Oh, yeah. Um, who yeah. else is there? There's a few of them out there. Well, George Michael. Yeah, that's right. Pat Sharp. Bruno Brooks. Here's another one. Yeah. Yeah, George Michael did have more hair than necessary. Didn't he? Yeah. Anyway. Right. Okay, so... Uh, this was in the 80s, so he's he's in the right place for his outfit. He is, yeah. He's, he's spot on. Now, uh, <laughs> he's spot on. Now, he, um, he's, yeah, just to repeat then, he's doing a bit of an article on wine tasting. And the guy who he's come to meet, Nigel Hawthorne, Uncle Charles, yeah. possesses the one of the greatest bottles of wine of all time for two reasons. One... It's an amazing bottle of wine anyway. It yeah. always tasted amazing. The other reason is... It's the last one of its type in the world. This is it. There's the, the, there the, are no the, more. The place that made this wine no longer makes the wine. It's like 100 years old. It's the last bottle. And he he's, wants a bit, he's a bit coy about it though, isn't he, old Charles? He, he sort of doesn't even admit he's got it to start with. What's that about? Well, I think there's a bit of cat and mouse because yeah. Max... Knows he's 80s. got it. Eighties. Knows he's got it. Right. But doesn't say, "Can I see it?" Uh, he is doing a piece on wine collectors, and oh, just by coincidence, I've got the last bottle of this particular amazing wine, and he's round. Yeah. Without saying it, uh, they know what what's going on. So he does. He eventually, he just says, "Look, I know you got that bottle of wine. Yeah. Let's go down to your cellar." Who were misses, and let's get out your bottle of wine. Who were misses? So there we go. Cut to the wine cellar, and uh, Charles is showing him uh, a bottle of wine, and eighties uh, wants to buy it. Well, he's he's first of all he's picked it up, right? But he's holding it in such a way that makes me think that's precarious. He's going to drop it any moment now. Oh right. You notice that when people do this, when they pick up something that they shouldn't drop, yeah, like it's really valuable. Yeah, they hold it. Precariously. In a way that they're more likely to drop it. Yeah, it's so like you go around normal life with a glass like this. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not dropping that, am I? But no. if, it, if that was worth £50,000, I'd be going, in fact, I wouldn't. You can stay right there. Yeah, that's true. It's a mentality, it's psychology. I'll tell you where that doesn't hold true, though. Uh, with uh, Shell, your uh, your partner. She doesn't she mind. She breaks lots of glasses. She doesn't mind at all what we, happens. We quite <laughs> often say... It's we'll not get those out of shells coming. 
we've got like we haven't got any sets now of, of any because she's broke them all. Yeah, no, she she uh, w- uh, a regular conversation at our house is I broke another glass today. <laughs> it, re- it really is, and, and I'll just say I'll oh, wear this time uh, mainly because I don't want to like you know get it on my toe or something like yeah, that. But yeah. no, it'll be in the sink or do whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> she'll love that. I can't wait to tell her. Right. Um, he goes to the cellar holding the bottle of wine and he knows, as you said, somebody who wants to pay, probably pay in the region of £2,000 yeah, for it. Yeah, it's that. Now, for me, even in the 80s, £2,000 was a lot, but like... Not, not for the last bottle of wine no, you wouldn't have thought, would you? I would be thinking six figures, maybe even, if it was the last bottle, yeah. mid-six figures. Well, I'll tell you what, my dad bought... A Hillman Hunter, which is not a bottle of wine, it's a car. Yeah, that's a bit different. <laughs> but he bought a car in the mid-70s, and that cost £1,500 new. Um, so I'm thinking if you could buy a car in the 70s for enough, that, yeah. it'd, but I think the wine would be more. Yeah, and I... Th- ten years later, totally and, agree. Uh, it's... They're building it up to be a priceless, almost priceless yeah. bottle of wine, but yet they stick a price on it that which doesn't is, seem... In that, it, not even as much as you'd pay for a Hillman Hunter by now. Be good. Oh, how much is it? It's like that bit in, it's like that bit in Antiques Roadshow, in it where yeah. you bring in the painting and you go, oh, I've not seen one of these. Oh my god! And it's it, the brush strokes and look at this. What do you think? We, we well, I was hoping you would tell me. I was like, well, I'd value for that for at least eight hundred pounds. And you can see their face go fucking eight hundred. It's, it's cost me forty quid to get here today. But they never say that. Never though. say that. No. I tell you what, I can watch Antiques Roadshow again now. You can? Yeah, it was because um, my mum died about three years ago, mm. probably now, and uh, we intended to sort of uh, dispose thoughtfully of all the contents of her house and all the stuff that she collected, but we never actually sort of got round to it. sounds terrible. We never really got round to it, and so we finished up just giving it to a charity shop. But... I had a sort of worry, what if? Yeah, so you've been waiting for these things to crop up. And, right, it gets worse. One day, Elle put it on, switched it off again. And I said, why is that? Then she's nothing. And uh, it turns out she'd seen something that re- that my mum had had on there. <laughs> I didn't ask any more questions about it at all. I'd, I know nothing more than that. But... I've now forgotten everything that she that she had, and so I can watch it again. Do you remember a few weeks ago when we played the bargain hunt board game? Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Well, it was like the idea's there, isn't it? Like many of David Dickinson's things, the idea's there, but it's just badly executed. Yeah. But it were an Argus Baginti, so yeah. you can't take it back. Absolutely. And what irony is, somebody did take it back to begin with because they got it from a charity yeah, shop. Yeah, we've got still got the sticker on. <laughs> Uh, but we'd, we'd had a lot to drink, so it was very difficult to follow the rules. Yeah, I know. I think we should have another go as well. Yeah. Just uh, get equally as dosed up. And, <laughs> on, and, on alcohol. Yeah, and yeah. see what happens. Right. Um, <laughs> now then, he. the other thing as well is this weird conversation is he said, he described it as being that the man who wants to buy it is one of the four richest men in the world. And I just think you should say he's the fourth richest man in the world. But yeah. one of the four yeah, doesn't cause... give you any indication about... What, yeah, because you'll know which one he is. Yeah, you will. He's either third or, or fourth, fourth. Yeah. <laughs> or second. <laughs> <laughs> he's not there. Yeah. So he's one of the three fourth witches men. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I thought it was a weird way to position it, but he wants to. He definitely want to buy this bottle. Set up a meeting, pretty, pretty much. Set up a wine tasting event. Yeah, and uh, and the fellow that uh, is wanting to buy it is in fact uh, Kairos. Casulas, played yeah. by Anthony Quayle, yeah. who, uh, as I alluded to last week, is really a fine British actor. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, we'll more on him later yeah. because, well, Hawthorne is adamant this bottle is not for sale. Yeah. Well, it, and there's a bit of a, an argument that pro- progresses here because he's he's saying you can't keep this this bottle wine bottled. It it needs to be out there, and he's saying that's the reason why I want to keep it bottled. It's the last one. And he's yeah. saying, ah, yeah. and he gets so raged, he starts having a bit of an attack. Now, what's this attack all about then? He's got some sort of heart condition. It and... might explode when he loses his temper. Well, <laughs> it's like it's like the, the the plot for a Jason Statham movie, isn't it? 
But it is that, isn't it? His, his heart might pop. I think if, if he travels above 55 miles an hour, yeah, that's right. Yeah. His, his heart will explode. Yeah. yeah. So this is a condition that he has to take pills for, like angina pills or yeah. like a spray under the mouth or whatever it is. But he, yeah. Well, you see, that's where I thought the explosion was coming in, because isn't it something like? Um, nitroglycerin that you take, hey it could be couldn't it that you take for that I think yeah, it could it be is. I don't know mm-hmm. anyway um, well cut to this eventually oh yeah yeah eventually he agrees he says alright okay fine I'll get you, you, you've lost your temper that much that I'll agree to your demands I'll set up a wine tasting evening yeah but he's still thinking yeah, I ain't going to sell this I'll yeah. just set up the wine tasting evening so then, they're not going to taste the wine that's in the bottle, by the way. No, they're, they're tasting general, all other wines. General wine, general wine tasting. Yeah. Uh, now we then cut to the taste, tasting night. Yeah, and, and and in our midst is Kairos Kathapian, played by Anthony Coyle, yeah. with well, I, I wrote a dubious accent. No, I wrote very dubious accent. Very dubious accent and tan. He's like his accent to me. It's like if Christopher Walken's doing a mob boss. You, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, this is yeah. He, he's had a go, hasn't he? But it's like it's only what you'd expect a teenager to have a, also have a go at. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's about on a par with my um, Welsh, Welsh accent. Well, no, your Welsh accent was pretty good. But he's there, and he's. I mean, he's causing a bit of a scene because he's just loud and brash. We don't really know much about his... He has huge glasses on, yeah. too. Yeah, he? like, like Deirdre's glasses. Yeah, sort of uh, out of American Hustle, there's uh, one of the characters in that who has a ridiculously huge glasses, I forget. Was it the sort of thing back then? then the Must glasses? have been, yeah. I think the bigger the glasses, the bigger the cock. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Anyway, he, he goes over to his wife, who turns out to be... The woman that met Nigel Hawthorne in the lobby at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, this is the very flashback to which yeah, what, that we're involved in That's at right. this point. So he goes uh, over to the the woman, yeah. his wife, and he, he has a bit, I missed this, he has a conversation with her and he slaps her on cheek. Upper or lower? Her face cheek. Right. But like a... You know, not in, like, in a nice way. Yeah, in a nice way. But it was a bit, and she's like, "Fucking hell, you just hit me!" But it wasn't a nasty way. Definitely, right. I can vouch for that. I was there. Okay. Uh, but but you now introduced that's his wife. Yeah, that's her husband. And, um, he, and he's saying that he, he wants to buy this uh, bottle of wine. That uh, and he, he's going to pay ten grand for it now. It's no negotiation. He just went in with ten. Yeah. And of course, Hawthorne's thinking. Fucking hell, that's two Austin Legros there. Or whatever your dad has. <laughs> Hillman Hunter. Yeah, Hillman Hunter. It's, and it's, it's, it's like, what, six it's of them? Probably. <laughs> six of them is, you can buy. Right, so... Um, he could have an entire fleet of Hillman <laughs> Hunters for this wine bottle. This is the thing. That's what he's thinking. He's you're going to set up a taxi service, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, this is Uber. The early stages of Uber. Um, basically, he's saying, I'm not buying a bottle. I'm buying the romance behind the bottle. Yeah. And Which I thought was quite, yeah, that's that's fair enough, actually. I sort of get that. Yeah. Why collectors buy certain things is not to play with it. It's to have it there, to know that it's there and to, yeah. to remind yourself. Like a lot of the movie m- memorabilia and merch that I've got, I'd never dream of taking it out of boxes. Right. N- not least because I remember when I played with all my Star Wars stuff and, you know, threw it in the back garden, got mud in all the bits and, you know, lost them in trees and stuff and then probably still buried at my old house and stuff. Yeah. And now go, fucking hell, I'd have been minted. I'd have been absolutely minted if I yeah. just hung on to those. Well, I've got uh, some um, action figures of uh, Bluntman and Chronic. Uh, oh, I've got Bluntman and Chronic as signed. well. Signed? Yeah, uh, oh, not signed. No. Yeah. But I like, is it the one where you press the button in on Silent Bob? And it doesn't speak. I don't know, because I've never had them out of the thing. You see, it, well, you, you won't know, but on the thing it says, press it as many times, he's Silent Bob after all. Right. Yeah, so ah. it's quite nice. That. But yeah, signed by both oh, of them. That's brilliant. Yeah. I never knew that. I, like, I need to see those. Um, now then. Um... So, he's, he's Oh, yeah, on. yeah. Can I just mention something about Anthony Quinn? Quail. Quail. <laughs> Anthony Quinn was Greek. Yes. He would have been better. better. Wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So Quayle, he goes, as he's talking, he's talking about setting up uh, how he would treat this wine if it was his. Yeah. He would want it in this particular room temperature. He'd want it this fish, this this dish, this seating arrangement, all this sort of stuff. He's, I, don't, I don't think he wanted fish involved in No, that. okay, right. But, but he's, he's basically building up the... <laughs> he's building up the... 
environment, yeah. and he's trying to sell the, how he'd look, how he'd look after it. Yeah. Well, in whilst he's doing this, it's almost like he's trying to remember his lines. <laughs> it's a really, it's lovely because it makes it look really real. Right. Like he's going, and then I'll, I'll do this, and then, and I want it to be real. Yeah. But I couldn't help thinking maybe he's just forgotten his lines or he's trying to keep track of his accent. I think it's that. Yeah. 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 And, and I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about wine. You're not an expert in I'm that? I'm not an expert oh, right, in okay. that. <laughs> I wondered. If anybody is keeping track on what I'm This not is another expert, thing. This is another one of them. But it's been stored horizontal. Yeah. But Anthony Quayle, Curious God of Rathgus, Makes a, a big thing of saying that he'll store it vertical. Yeah, you know why this is for the sediment. Yeah, because it doesn't want to. It wants to touch the cork as little as possible. If it's stored like that, then it's touching the cork. But if you keep it like that, then it's the so, cork is just doing the, the airing job. So how come? Yeah, well, your man Nigel Hawthorne, Hawthorne, wine expert shit, of the world. But yeah. then you see, I'd heard that you it keeps the cork moist, and if the cork dries dries out then uh, air gets in. Uh, you are not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I w- that was just my opinion on it. It's like, that's the re- probably the reason why. Uh, but, if you know, maybe we should get somebody to... Yeah. To, one of the two listeners that we've got, maybe they know. But anyway, anyway yeah, yeah. yeah if, uh, if if you know, let us know. What about this? Bloody hell, have we checked that? Have we checked her email address for a while? No. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think the listeners must. We must. Let's let's let them in on a secret. We just really like doing this show, <laughs> don't we? we? Yeah, yeah. We and we would keep in touch if that was our priority. We're not like these social media stars that that worry about fame and fortune. It would be nice. Yeah, but we not. That's not as chief concern is. It's just it's just getting together and doing it. Complete the job. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, where do we get to? He um, now then. Yeah, he's... Uh, he says he's having a party in about a fortnight. That's right. And he wants to open the bottle for that. He's saying he didn't want to open it beforehand and decant it or anything like that. Yeah. He wants to do it on the night. And uh, he says, all right, fair yeah. enough. So he's, he's basically, he goes over to his wife and says, I've just bought this bottle. Yeah. At that point, he explains that he's bought this and he wants the four of them to drink it. Max, Nigel Lawthorne. Kairos Klimpathavian and, and is the and, wife. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and she said, you've spent that money on wine, wouldn't it have been better on cars? Yeah. Now, uh, well... Where yeah. are we going to get our Uber fleet from? Yeah. So, um, it closes in on her face and then the music changes and it must mean trouble. It's sinister, isn't it? Yeah. Eh? The music changes. It then cuts to, from that moment... She is com- has come back to Nigel Hawthorne's place a while later. Yeah. Maybe the next day or something like that. And she tells him that she's been having an affair with 80s, with Max. With with Max, the, the, the assistant guy. So, what's her problem here then? She then asks... Is, or rather, why well, I'm saying what's her problem? Why is she involving old... Uncle Charles. Uncle Charles. This is the reason why. She says to him, is it possible to poison wine yeah. um, after the cork's been in? Without the cork being taken out. Without the cork being taken out, right. Now, first thought is, she's going to poison him. Yeah. But that's not. No. No, no, you've been watching too much Tales of the Unexpected, sir. Because (laughs) what it is, is she's worrying because her husband has found out about her affair. With Max. With Max. He he knows. She knows that he knows. Max doesn't know, by the way. They're not telling Max because of Max's heart condition. Heart condition, yeah. He's poorly. What she's saying is, that he's going to try and do us in, one yeah. of us or both of us. Yeah, so could could it be done? And Nigel says, well, you could get a syringe in yeah. there and do it. It's feasible. But it'd make the wine taste. It's probably not going to pull off because... And it'd kill me yeah. as well, he says. Yeah, and I'll be there. Yeah. So he says, look, i tell you what, look, I'll turn up as normal, yeah. no suspicions, don't worry about it, and I'll just keep an eye on the proceedings. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down here... Nigel, through very condescendingly dismisses her fears because I I felt he w- he wasn't really listening to her. I, I think he had something else to do, but also it was a little bit like I'm sure it'll be fine. But I tell you what, I pretend I've listened and go along with it. Yeah, like, you're a good client. Like um, and you, niece. <laughs> or Michael Winner in the uh, there was a um, 
insurance advert. Calm down, you bastard. What is it? What's, it's just a fucking cracking windscreen. What? Is that what it was? It was something like that. Wasn't it? it was a little bit like yeah. that, yeah. But, but it was more catchy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he w- yeah, you're right. He's, but he's, what he's agreed to is, I'll be there. Yeah. Let's not worry. I'll make sure everything's tip-top. We're in. So, cut to um, Anthony Quayle's flat. And... Uh, well, he's, seeing... he's, do- he's doing some preparations for the evening, isn't he? Yeah. On his own. Now, it's been established that the ideal temperature for, to keep wine, once it's not in its cellar, is 65, I think it is. What would that be? Because that's clearly Fahrenheit, isn't it? Yeah. What would that be in normal language? Uh, well, my when aunt- I say normal language, I mean the so, rest of the world. My auntie used to say that the that the formula was to uh, double. Well, if you were double in one out of twenty, yeah, or thirty, or yeah. something like that. I've uh, heard that. Yeah. So, but let's have a look. It was, we think, sixty-five Fahrenheit. There you go. You could just go to the next link, look. Eighteen. So that would be forty. Yeah, that's about right, isn't it? Forty plus twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's about right then. Uh, so eighteen, eighteen point three. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Double well, plus twenty-ish. Well, my I say, why don't you say thirty? Thirty-six, sixty-six. That'd be right. It bloody would. Yeah. It'd be bang on, actually. Yeah. Do it another. Good. Do another test. <laughs> let's do. Let's do it. If it was thirty. So what we're saying for that one is no. The 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 Celsius is thirty. Yeah. So the thirty. What we're saying is it would be ninety. Let's go. Thirty-two. Mm. She's out. Well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's oh dear. Hey, feels a bit I'm, dry now, doesn't I'm it? Gutted. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. Let's move on. Hopefully, nobody will remember this. Don't want to end up on Dennis Norden's laughter files or whatever it is. <laughs> Are you one of those people? <laughs> right. He's, he's still alive, you know. Just I heard him interviewed on the radio the other day. Norm Norden yeah. he used to write, didn't he, with old Barry Cryer? Mm. Barry Cryer's somebody who annoys me. Oh. It's like he's. It's like he's the god of jokes and knows it. Yeah. Like, but to me, I've never found him funny. I'm not saying he's never been funny. No. I say I've never and found he's him funny. Definitely a nice guy. He's yeah. just not as funny as he's lauded to be. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I used to watch Jokers Wild. This might even be before yes, you. I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he used to be the compare for it. And you would get um, two teams of comedians. And uh, they'd have big, big cards, and uh, it'd have a subject on it, and then they'd have to do a minute on whatever was on the thing. It was like a precursor of Mock the Week, I suppose. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, but yeah. he used to be on that, and uh, I didn't find him funny. No. I, I was only like early teens or something. But he did write with the greats, right? So he wrote with the two Ronnies. Uh-huh. A lot of the Monty Python guys in their own little bits and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. And Morecambe and Wise, I think he wrote for it. So he obviously has got something in him. It's just the other people make it a bit better, right? Yeah, yeah. well, it's just, as I say, it's not, not my cup of tea. And, I, you know, I'm sort of su- pleasantly surprised that uh, you share him with me there. I just don't get it. That's the thing. Is like You could say to me, he's a funny guy, and I'd go, yeah, okay, that's fine. You could say to me, he's, which is what happens, he's a funny guy who is basically the rule maker of all British comedy. Yeah, and I'm going, no, he isn't. No, no, no. no he is not. No. Right. I, I tell you what a good, a good interview to listen to is, because obviously Kenneth Williams had writers. Yeah. Um, listen to him talk, and it's brilliant. It's like listening to poetry. Anything he says. Right. And he's talk- now, that is somebody who has st- funny stories to tell. Yeah. There isn't just a joke writer. Yeah. They're funnier. Yeah. Stories to tell are funnier than joke writers. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, okay, so, which is actually, I'm sorry to keep going on about this, but that's the reason why I love, like, League of Gentlemen, uh, Vic and Bob, all Monty Python stuff, is that they were funny ways of doing things rather than not knock who's there. You know, <laughs> there's no punchline joke. Yeah. Set up, set up joke. It was like, here's a funny situation, funny scenario, funny thing, silly sketch. That's what that's what makes me work. 
yeah. tick. Well, I mean, we uh, we liked the Four Yorkshiremen sketch to to the degree that we uh, we used to act it out. We uh, did, when yeah. We, come. yeah. we had we the did. script printed. Yeah. We should do that again. <laughs> I really enjoyed doing that when we'd the uh, each time we did it and we would put a little bit of our of something new into it. Yeah. Just keep to the script, but just change it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I bet our our listener thinks that we're terribly pretentious. No, I th- you know what I think they should do is just pause, go and have a research of some some of the yeah. stuff we've said, if, if if you can, or yeah. if you want to. If not, let's carry on, because Kairos Kanothiop, what's yeah. his name? Karos, Kavos? It's Anthony Quayle. It's the millionaire guy. Yeah. Well, I'm saying millionaire, I'm just assuming millionaire. Oh, he must be. Um, Kairos Kasoulis, yeah. right? Okay, so... Um, he is doing some prep in the house, and one thing he does is turn the temperature up to, to 80. 80. Now, at the point that he does the, that 80, yeah. you, you know, because it, it starts at 65, then it, it whacks it up to 80, yeah. you know it's bad news because the music changes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but at this all we know is it's too hot for the wine. We know it? it's too hot, but that can't possibly poison the wine, right? That's not going to be the... You wouldn't have thought you so, said, would you? But, but maybe it does. Yeah, so then, see. Hey, we'll see what's happened. So then, um, well, echoes back of taste here when the dinner party is together. Yeah, I thought that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'd, it had, you know, I'd, although it had been obviously about wine, the correlation had not struck me until that yeah. point. But yeah, it was so close, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, also spotted here is when he goes into the kitchen. Yeah. Is uh, the chef, the head chef, is the guy who played. Carlos, Carlos, the waiter in Duty Free. Which, yeah. yeah, and but and I wonder what is their role. He's you, head head chef, but that's <laughs> he's in it twice, but, and he doesn't say anything. Yeah, and you know there are a couple of times we cut back to the kitchen and we hear him sort of grumbling a bit, but there's no reason for that, is there? No, no is reason. That, is that a red herring? I don't think so. I can't, I can't see why I'd be going. Oh, but it's the chef. One thing I did think was, right, maybe we're meant to think that the wine's poisoned, but it won't be, it'll be the food. Uh-huh. But then I'm thinking, well, it, if if he is going to poison something, why are they just thinking it's going to be that wine? That'd be like, just karma, wouldn't it, I guess? It'd just be that whole poetic justice sort of yeah. thing. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Right. So that's that. What happens next, Rob? Uh, well, what happens next is that uh, it's time eventually to uh, to take the cork out of the wine um they are uh discussing how long it should be aired for they decide 30, 30 minutes. minutes so now that that 30 minutes starts now so they take he, he, he takes the cork out of the wine bit of a bit of an etiquette ceremony here oh, he, he wipes the he wipes the bottle top yeah. there he gets a um Corkscrew that looks like it might be from Wilco or something like that. To be honest, but <laughs> yeah, he says, he yeah. Says, this is the this is the best. This is, you know. and the reason is because you can go all the way down and, and no, yeah, it's like aren't all corkscrews the same? <laughs> but some corkscrews are, t- are so tiny, like the ones you get on a Swiss Army knife, yeah, that you have to just make do with what you get. Yeah, anyway. well, sometimes you have to like dig it out with a knife. The rest of it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done that a few times, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, he, he whilst he's getting his cork out, eighties, oh, he's sort of like almost got his nose on the bottle there, isn't he? He's, yeah. uh, he's having a look. Having a good old snifferoo. Yeah, and and then uh, I think Kairos himself smells his cork. And so, uh, Hawthorne remarks. That doesn't uh, tell us anything. This doesn't tell us anything. Yeah, a bit dismissive, isn't it? Yeah. So they, what they need to know is that they're not, well, rather, they're not going to find out anything until it's time to yeah. actually get it in their gobs. Now, at this point, and, you know, as far as I could tell, apropos, nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Quayle tells us, uh, Kairos, that uh, he went to an American school in Switzerland. And I think that that can only be in there to explain his outrageous accent. Oh, I actually missed that, but that would explain everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think perhaps part way through, <laughs> director said, can I have a word? I took my glasses off. You, you can't see this, but I took my glasses off there 
in the style that I imagine the director would have, <laughs> would have done it. Yeah, if he didn't have glasses, it would have been a pipe. Yeah. And take the pipe out, take, point take it. Take off. We need to chat. Yeah, uh, it's just not working. <laughs> I right. can't refilm all of it, right. but what we could do... It's a bit of exposition. Yeah, so you're going to... It sounds a bit like Christopher Walken playing a mob <laughs> boss. Let's say you've been to an American school yes. uh, in Switzerland or something. All right, let's go. Well, there are, now the ceremony is over. It is a little bit later on. They're in the... Can we start eating food now sort of thing? Mm -hmm. They get into the dinner and they're eating a little bit. Now, the thing is, when you go around the table... One thing that we do know is that she suspects something's going to happen. Nigel Hawthorne doesn't suspect anything's going to happen, but is aware of her suspicions. Yes. Kairos is obviously at the heart of all of this. So, uh -huh. so and he, he knows yeah, that she knows. Yeah, and so something, he, he's turned the heating up, so he's already looking suspicious. The, o the only person who doesn't know a thing at all is Matt. Is Matt. Is Matt. And, and he is getting really, really weirded out by this whole event. I later find out about you know just a bit a couple of minutes later that actually it's just this whole the whole thing is just oh, getting too much for him so he's getting a bit worked up it's like there's a wine in front of me it's this it's this unknown lost sacred wine um, and then you know that that we, we're di dilly dallying and we're talking about what we're going to do and he suggests we should have had candles and all that sort of stuff yeah. so he's getting himself a bit worked up yeah that can't be good for his heart wouldn't have thought so no. Um, Anthony Quayle, Kairos, at this point, says it's hot, pretends to discover that the thermostat's too high. But, as, he, but as he, he put it up. So for it, yeah, he put it up. So, well, so what he says is, let's all take our coats off. Yeah, he says he, he says a dramatic drop in room temperature might we'll spoil, the, spoil wine. the wine. It's not advisable, so instead we'll deal with it. We'll all take our coats take off. Take our coats off. And he sort of helps Max take his coat off, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, because Max doesn't seem that bothered about it. Because I don't think anybody else has thought it's hot, have they? Hidden that. Yeah. So, uh, we... we um, he says... Uh, so it's opened, remember? And they're about to start pouring it. Yeah. And then he goes, No! Yeah. We're not going to do this. You were right all along. This shouldn't be opened. We must leave it. And this is really... Almost too much for Max. He's beside himself now. Well, his argument is, you've opened it now. You can't... It'll die. They're yeah. always talking about it dying, aren't they? The yeah, that's right. It'll, you'll kill it. And what's more is, it, we've already become alert to the fact that he's just, like, basically spunked in his pants. Can't, he can't wait for this moment to happen. He's getting so excited, and now his dreams are crashing around yeah, him for ridiculous reasons, it seems. He's led him up the garden path. Yes. Only to take it back away from him. Yeah, the garden to, path to has been taken off. Yeah, it's <laughs> good mixing. Well, he's getting himself so upset, yeah. and then the man goes, no, wait, 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 wait. Calm, calm you down, calm your tits down. What is his man's name? Kairos. Yeah. He walks over, he goes, this is how I'll deal with it. Yeah. And he walks away from the table... And he just, he finds a nice white rug on the floor <laughs> and he just starts pouring it very slowly. Yeah. Onto, and he's laughing like a megalomaniac. Yeah, if he had a moustache, he'd be twirling it at this yeah, point. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, and there'd be music like this. Like the piano, silent, silent movie music. Uh, yeah, and in the background, his wife would be tied to the railway To as a... A train would be coming closer and closer. <laughs> it's that, isn't it? He's, yeah. he's getting himself, he's doing it just for play, like the proper evil villain he is. Yeah. Well, Max, what happens? Too much for a minute. And his heart explodes. Um, well, that was... There's a, a bit There's a bit of grappling about. Yeah. He doesn't seem to have his tablets. There's no tablets because the tablets weren't on his purse. Yeah. Fast forward... Back to Back the to hotel lobby, lobby. Right. And we, there, would, there would have been a bit more harp music yeah. to come back to. And they're just recapping very, very slightly on what's just happened. And he said, we, we witnessed a murder, both of us. We were there. And and he didn't have his pills on him. He died because he didn't have his pills on him. Or is it because Kairos had taken him out of the... And she smiles. Doesn't she? she? Enigmatically. Yeah, she realises... Oh, no, no, sorry. She's already realised... But she doesn't say yes, but we all realise that she, not was it in on it, but she knows all about it. Now. Well, it turns out 
She's got a bit of a wide on after seeing all this, doesn't it? Yeah, she's enjoyed what she's seen. It's a, it's like it's made her think. You would do that just for me. Yeah. You'd kill a person just for me in that yeah, which, weird way. Yeah. To me, that would be frightening. Yeah, that's a psychotic behaviour, isn't it? I'd sort of be packing my bags. I think. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, you? I certainly wouldn't have waited a year. Well, to almost um, cement that. Uh, the next thing is that she sees him down the corridor. Still wearing the same suit. Yeah, the same suit as before. <laughs> she, and she goes, I've got to go now, so I'll be off. And she goes and gives him a kiss. Yeah. And that's it, and ding, Hawthorne ding, is left. Ding, yeah, ding. just kind of pretending he's Roald Dahl for the next episode. Yeah. Well, that was it. That was the episode. What do you think? Because Well, I uh, I enjoyed it. Really enjoyed that return, one. Return to form for yeah. me. And again, uh, what, one thing we should point out is that we never really say that the acting's the best. We never really comment on the fact that the, you know the script writing or even the location or, or or even some of the 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 fangled plot lines. However, as far as Tales of Unexpected go, this is a classic. What you could do is you could say that's the sort of episode I want repeated from now on. Yeah, it, it could be an episode in series one because that's where a lot of the classics live, isn't it? Yeah, that was a yeah. There was it was of that quality. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I hope we've got a, a similar sort of quality for next week, Rob. Do you want to well, latch onto my segue? Well, <laughs> well, I will do. But first, I'll tell you what we're going to be listening to and seeing next week. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Kindly Dig Your Grave. And uh, this one is about a commercial art gallery in Paris, which is run by the unscrupulous Madame Legrue. We spoke about this a while ago. Absolutely. And, and there were a couple of painting ones, but probably three or four painting ones in the Tales You Expected. Yeah. And each time I think it's the painting one, yeah. this is the first one I think of. Right. So yeah, it's, it's finally here. Well, she's exploiting the artists that she employs, but she meets her match when one of her artists falls in love with the model he's painting. Well, yeah, we'll see you for that. We'll be back again for that episode. And um, in the meantime... Uh, keep dancing yeah do some work (laughs) bye bye (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness me I had no idea how to end that one (laughs) that might be the way to end it actually the tales of the unexpected tales of the unexpected